Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball. The Dodgers round out their rotation and some power bats land in the NL. Let's talk ball. Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball. Thank you very much for joining us today. My name is Jimmy. I'm sitting next to Jake, producer BBD's in the room, and Trevor Plouffe's joining us from his backyard in California. Trev, how you doing? I'm doing great. Love, love Monday episodes. Mm. We go through the weekend. We speak, you know, randomly on our group chat. Uh, but then I get to see your beautiful faces in the morning. Uh, I- I'm having a, I'm having a good morning. I'll say that. You guys probably know what that means. Uh, but I am excited to talk some ball. We- There's a lot of stuff, kind of like maybe not crazy topics, but I think a lot of really important pieces going to these teams. Um, so I'm excited to uh, talk some shop. And and I got a little bit of like a little bit of Trevor's tidbits. Mm. Oh, little teaser for Trevor. Mm. Tidbits yeah, brought to you by SeatGeek. Code talking. I forgot about that. Jake, how do you do? James, Trevor, BBD. Uh, I'm doing well, man. Uh, I'm doing well. Uh, one of these signings turns my head for a team. A uh, bunch of relievers go at the end. And it's uh, it's almost Febrio. I'm very over January. Uh, yeah. January just gray. And I, I thought January had so much more like kick off the year energy. Like, nah. let's get it. It's like, no, dude. Just get out my face. Uh, so I'm yeah, glad. January's hibernate month. January's hibernate. Yeah month uh and yeah i've been good you know i was i was went on vacation uh with jimmy and matthew and the wives and then i went straight up to twins fest love seeing all my twin twins nation where we at we're at yeah but it's good to be back in cali in my horse barn (laughs) (laughs) everything is so true you had a good time trev good heard you got a lot of love good James, how you doing, bro? I'm good. I also enjoy the Monday episodes. I'm interested to see what how these signings do for you guys. If I was the Chris Rose this, I'd be like, which one is actually going to make the biggest impact uh, and which one is going to be just like a, a trade piece or a non-impact? Because I don't know, to be honest. They could all be impact. They could all be kind of like nothing. So I am interested to hear how you guys think these moves stack up. It's good to see some movement. Um, all the articles about Boris agents clogging up, clogging up the free agency are interesting me a lot because, so I was going to tweet this, but I forgot. Maybe I still will. Passing out a good article about the last time the top four free agents slowed everything down or whatever. Well, they were also Boris guys. And see, I don't know if I get in trouble for asking this question. Boris signed Monty, Jordan Montgomery, in the middle of the season last season. Now, does does he, does Boris and his group have the foresight to know, hey, we have Snell, but the next big f- starting pitcher on the market is probably going to be Jordan Montgomery or one of them, and we don't have him. It helps us out if we have both, and then they go meet with Monty and pitch, and Monty switched agents halfway through. So I was trying to wonder, like, is that a long game that they play? Like, does he want both? 
Did he not want Monty? He just wanted both two starting pitchers. And then is that working for or against him? So the Boris stuff has been on my mind a lot. That is interesting because if you're if you're Jordan Montgomery or Blake Snell, you're like, who are you taking care of the best here? Like, who are you really shopping? Because obviously teams, you know, prefer one or the other, but you you would think usually a guy like Boris's number one priority would be the guy that makes is gonna make the most money, right? And maybe Boris doesn't know which one's gonna earn more. So he goes out and says, I want both. But he he Jordan Montgomery joined Boris midway through last season. I think around the trade deadline, because Monty was pitching really well in a, a commodity. So I was just wondering if, like, if we were to go back in the past and see people that signed up with Boris mid, right before their free agent year, like, is there something about the landscape that alters who he wants in his portfolio? Conflict of interest. If one of those two top free agent starters wants to come, we'll represent you. I don't think any of us are, are clear to do that, but we could figure it out. 10%. Yeah. That's all I charge. Snell's gotten one offer so far. And they said Chapman's gotten zero offers so far. That's surprising. I, I'm doing this later with Chris Rose. I like Chapman to the Cubs. Yeah, but when they say offer, they mean like really like a piece of paper that says we are offering you this. Not Numbers like, have been discussed. Yeah, like, like you know. Who's the, guy, who's the team that offered Blake Snell? Did I miss that? The Yankees. Heard of them? Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. But he apparently wants way more money. Almost double. At least he's got a floor set. I guess that's nice. Yeah, that's that's very. I would love to be a fly in the wall. Of some of these talks that Boris has, just because he has the two lefties, it's it's it is very interesting. Yeah. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the people that did actually sign. We can start with a pitcher since we're on pitchers. The Dodgers go get James Paxton, a one year, eleven million dollar deal for Big Maple. Deal is $8 million salary, $3 million signing bonus, uh, $1 million opening day roster bonus. That's the freaky part of it. Or 500 k if he starts the year on the injured list but returns by April 15th. Is he battling an injury we don't know about? Didn't he, have, didn't he finish this season healthy last year? Or is this just James Paxton Claus? Uh, placed on IL September 10th with right knee inflammation, but I think it's, I mean, Paxton's just got a lot of history with that. Okay. And then he'd lock in an extra 250K for making 16 and 18 starts a piece and would max out the deal with another 500K for reaching 20 starts. So interesting move from the Dodgers here who have Yamamoto and um, have Otani next year. Reminder Otani needs a six man rotation. Yamamoto comes from Japan where they have six man rotations or they have just an extra off day in their. Scheduling? Actually, I'm not sure which one it is, but it li- okay. lends itself to us being part of a six-man, the, the off days. So do the Dodgers, are these their five? Are they going to, like, rotate off days? Are they just getting themselves ready to have a six-man next year with Yamamoto and Otani? Like, uh, those are, those are kind of my first questions, but Jake, is this the one that excites you? Uh, is this the one that excites me of these signings? Yeah. Or, uh, no, okay. uh, but... Uh, it's, it's pitching depth and it's, it's a name. Like I, James Paxson is an awesome dude. Like, go go check out the old highlight of the Eagle landing on him. Go check out some of his pitching highlights. Remember when he was like the ace for Seattle, came over to the Yanks for a little bit, had, had some big boy outings. He's just had a lot of injuries and he's 35 now that you, to pencil him into your rotation for 150 innings, you, you just can't. 
But right now he's listed as the Dodgers' fifth started started. He he threw 127 innings last year, which it didn't feel like that. It's a four five four four five ERA, but he's pitching at Fenway for half those games. Um, and you love the place. You you have to remember it's the Dodgers who have tapped into basically every pitcher they've touched for the past decade, and it. Right now it's listed Yamamoto, Glasnow, Bueller, missed him last year, Bobby Miller, your guy, guy, Trev, and James Paxson. And it, when we were looking at the Dodgers rotation and we're like, well, you know, they should believe in some of these kids and maybe we need to believe in some of these Dodgers kid pitchers. Well, right now with Emmett Sheehan, Gavin Stone, Michael Grove, uh, your guy River Ryan turning heads uh, this offseason, like... Seeing those first couple guys I mentioned as now as their depth pieces, like Emmett Sheehan threw 122 big league innings last year, and now that's your six. Like now the Dodgers have the the MLB starting pitching depth that you'd expect from them. And, you know, I I, I want to hear your guys' thoughts on it, but I, I think that it will lead into like <laughs> is the next thing that's gonna happen Kershaw and like Paxton Paxton and Kershaw are supposed to combine to be one pitcher for them next year, but I don't know. Uh, what are you seeing, Treviello? I, I agree. It's it's just depth, and I think I think, you know, finding a guy that's going to be 150 to 180 innings right now is like seems like a fool's errand, right? Like no one's doing that anymore. So you, you almost have to have a stable coming from my barn back here. Mm. You got to have a stable of guys, and that's what they're doing. I mean, you have some really high end, you know. Top of the rotation stuff here with the Dodgers. Yamamoto's going to be a guy. I know he hasn't thrown a pitch in, in the big leagues yet, but he's fucking nasty. He's going to be a guy. Bobby Miller's going to be a guy. Walker Buehler's going to be a guy. Like, I have no doubt about that. Now, Glass now also, like, I mean, those four guys right there, you can rely on. But, you know, the innings is 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 a factor. So you have to have the guys in the back end, the young guys coming up. And I think Paxson is just kind of another another piece uh, of those depth innings, essentially. And the thing I really am interested in with the Dodgers in this signing is they're over the third competitive uh, balance tax threshold. So every single signing that they have, they're paying 110% on top of the salary they're giving the guy. So so he's actually going to make or cost them like almost $25 million this year. They don't care. They don't give a shit. They want to win the World Series. They want all of the, the lights and the spotlight on them, and they're willing to do whatever it takes. They needed to do this. Whether it was Paxson or somebody else, they needed to go get essentially just more innings. I like that he's a left-hander because they don't really have that in their rotation. They don't have that in their rotation. So I think that plays a little bit of a part in it. But again, I, I think you get a guy like Paxson, you don't expect him to – you know, put up gaudy numbers, but a guy that's going to take the ball and what do you think? I mean, I think a good over-under innings pitch for him is like 100. Yeah, like, and I, I just want to correct myself. He threw 96 innings last year. I, he's projected to throw 127 this year. So, yeah, it's... And Paxton actually really looked good early in the year last year. He kind of like stumbled later in the year. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if one of these young guys came up and like basically planted himself in that fifth starter spot and we see kind of Paxson in a swingman uh, type role 
going forward, but you're paying $25 million for that. Think about that, man. I'm interested. You know, I know the Dodgers have a lot of injury prone guys in the rotation and, and the money to do this, but it's not that much money. Like some other teams out there need guys in the rotation. It's not that much money. I don't know. Uh, just Dodgers can just pull the trigger on shit. Or if you need uh, a legit rotation piece that you're not concerned about injuries, which clearly they are with all the incentives, and you're, you're a team that can't, like, have that uh, risk. You can't go sign James Paxson for this deal, even though it's cheap. So it's just nice to be nice for the Dodgers. I am interested to see if they change his pitch mix at all, not a James Paxson thing, but um, just a Dodgers thing. Like, they kind of love tapping into stuff, and he doesn't throw many of the pitches that usually they tap into because he's a lefty, so there's no two-seam or, like, sinker, sweeper in Paxton's repertoire, really. So I'm interested if they try or they're like, nah, you're good. I know we kind of, like, hit on it a little bit, but I think another story, like, that comes from this is the Kershaw saga. Like, when when does he sign back? And is there – are they even considering it right now? They have to be considering it right now. But one year, whatever he's going to make, 17 to 20, that's what Kershaw makes every single year, means – 34, 35, 40 million dollars. I have a question. If this sentence is uttered in negotiation in the in the conversation between the Dodgers and Kershaw, uh, let's just see where he's at come June and chat then. Is it the Dodgers saying that to Kershaw's agent or is it Kershaw's agent saying that to the Dodgers? Like who would rather be like, hey, you know, let's let let's just rehab and keep going and see where the team's at and where you're at come June, which if that was to be said, who would be more likely to want that? Jake, you go first. Uh, who would be more likely to want that? The Dodgers. Yeah. I Cause so. the Dodgers, you know, it Clayton's let's knock on wood. If something went bad with his rehab and he got hurt again, then the Dodgers don't have to pay him whatever the Dodgers have to pay him. So yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking of uh, Pettit and um, and uh, Clemens. They wanted that when they got older with the Yankees. They would call the Yankees halfway through and not yeah. be under a contract. And Kershaw might have made enough money. Might be test like you know. I have no idea. But yeah, that that this is what it it could remind me of that. Like. I remember, was it 2011 or 2014? When was it when they called Pettit halfway through? And they're like, hey, dude, can you come on retire? We need a pitcher. And he was like, yeah, you know what? Yeah. And they struck Bryce Harper out four times. He was like hmm. 44 and Harper was 19. He was like, here's a cutter. Ever seen that? Bryce was like, no. no Look, looking at the reference page, I believe it's 2012. 2012. So, yeah, Yankees oddly had, maybe a lot of teams have had guys Olding, older pitchers that just hate spring training and hate the first half of the season. Clemens hated it. And Pettit used to say, yeah, I don't want to do spring training, you know? So let's just say that everything goes to plan and, and uh, those top four guys that we mentioned, plus Paxton or one of the young guys comes up and, like, the, the rotation's stable and we're into June. And they, they, they're they all looking good, decent enough, healthy. Like, what does that do for Kershaw? Does that say, Does that make him, like, you're not coming back to LA. And if he wants to play, he's got to go somewhere else. Like I, I got to feel like they're in lockstep about him being a Dodger for life. But there, I think this presents itself as a situation where maybe it could come to an end. 
Because they're not going to sign him for because if he comes back midseason, they're not going to give him twenty million bucks. They say they give him twelve. Again, like it's another twenty-five million dollars that they got to dish out. And if everything's going right, and they have all these guys, I don't think they do it. And if he wants to pitch, then somebody else is going to go, and it's not going to cost them twenty-five because they're not going to be over the tax like the Dodgers are. He's going to the Rangers. I don't know. We do the same Kershaw thing every year. We do. We used to laugh at the Rangers idea, and then they go out and win the World Series. So it's almost like he kind of missed the boat on that one. <laughs> like you can't, you can't join now, dude. Um, I don't know. I in my head, Clayton Kershaw is going to be a Dodger, and we'll we'll laugh that we talked about. But it But they again. can't sign him if things are going right, right? Or is there room for him? I would think he'd want to have something figured out before the season, unless the new Clayton Kershaw that we've dreamed about every offseason for the past five years shows up and is like, yeah, I'll be a true vagabond. And I would love, I've, I think every, every year I dream about, I know Jim brought up Clemens and Pettit with all this talk about innings and like, you know, to find a guy who throws 150 innings doesn't exist anymore. Like, I don't know, Clayton Kershaw, if he really wanted to, you know, if if he didn't care about the Dodgers and legacy and all that, which he definitely does, but like I don't know if Clayton Clayton Kershaw just waited till June first and whatever teams are in the race and whoever's not and said open bidding on me, he'd probably still get himself what fifteen mil for half a season at that point. Like that's not a bad way to do life. Uh, but I'm just not going to believe Clayton Kershaw is going to do that to himself. Um, but I, if you're a pitcher and you're in that boat, I it's not a bad lifestyle. And just our annual, hey, here's some Clayton Kershaw stats. His last 46 starts over the past two seasons, 2.37 ERA. No way. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's washed up, though. 258 innings, 2.37. It's good. He gives up a few homers in the playoffs, and you can't get any respect. God. Gross. Gross. I've got a new partner announcement. Uh oh. Someone I might be linking Sorry, up with Jess. after the big game. Supercuts. Sirens go off. Uh, and I tell you to I tell you to run down there right now, but you may want to wait two weeks or so because if the teams combine to score seventy five points. In the last football game of the season, they combined for 73 last year, just short. If they combine for 75 or more, Supercuts is giving out a chance for free haircuts. You, me, I'm actually looking to get one. Uh, and I like Supercuts. It's kind of made for, for the Jakes of the world. Come in there. Open arms. We'll take care of you. And if you head to supercutshighscore.com, register, read the terms and conditions, uh, you can get free haircuts at Supercuts. So go check it out. You're going to watch the game, so you might as well have Supercuts in the back of your head. Uh, maybe all four of us head in. Take James. BBD mm, with that haircuts. head of lettuce. Yeah, he's in the haircut game. He's gotten one haircut. Really? I mean, for a two-and-a-half-year-old, he's <clears throat> bald as shit, but... Mm. Is he going to get those lines on the side of his hair like the cool kids do nowadays? I mean, if he wants them, no, he won't get those. <laughs> Dude, he's going to be such a swagged get out little cool haircut. player. Oh, I can't wait. I like my hair right now. I looked at it when we were filming Weekly Dumb, and I said, oh, yeah. my hair looks all right. That's I didn't do much to it. Place. I brought a hat, though, for the Boone event. 
Nice. Mondays are no hat day, but end of the day. Yeah. Thanks, Supercuts. Let's move on to Colt Keith. You want to talk Colt Keith next, Jake? Is that the one you're missing? The two big ones, up? man. Reese That's Hos- the one you want. Reese Hoskins yeah, goes like to the one. Brewers on a decent like contract and young jock boing to the d-backs I, I think we got two good power hitters here and hoskins is the story uh two for 34 with a one-year opt-out all the conversations that we've had about this free agency if reese hoskins had one of his normal years which every time reese hoskins has played over 100 games he hits 27 plus homers like think about the bats and conversations we've had about this offseason like Belly, who was awesome last year, and he was obviously awesome with a big gap in between. Matt Chapman, you know, platinum-type defender. What are you going to get from the bat? Reese Hoskins is consistent as consistent comes. He just missed a year with a torn ACL that if this free agency, if he just had a regular Reese Hoskins season, I think we'd be talking about him as, like, the second most reliable bat. Uh, And where does he land? Milwaukee, a team that we've almost mentally written off because it's like, well, they're going to trade Corbin Burns. It's his last year. They haven't. They haven't. The Cubs still don't have Belly on their team, who was their MVP last year, to get back to the however many wins they landed with last year. What was it, 84? Um, so, like, the Milwaukee Brewers, who we've almost haven't talked about a lot this offseason, we've always waited for for them to do an impact move. They locked up their super prospect, Chirio, so he's going to be out there balling. And they bring in Reese Hoskins that, like, I don't know, they won 92 games last year. <laughs> the Cubbies won 83 in second place, and I don't think they've gotten better yet this offseason. You know, maybe when Belly comes back and, and they have made other rooms moves around it. But the Brew Crew, like, I've been waiting for them to bring in a Reese Hoskins for three years. Uh, so I'm I'm kind of jazzy about the Brewers. I think it's even been more than three years we've been asking them to like go get a bat, please. Like you know we we got Yelly there. We need some more thump. You know we've we've tried the Rowdy Telezes. We've tried that. Shout out Rowdy. Not doesn't don't want to mm. put you down or anything. But Reese Hoskins is a different a different hitter. Uh, much more consistent. I think exactly kind of what they need in that lineup. And I, I did, you know, you guys know, I, I sat down with the Ellie. We talked a little bit about uh, Brewers baseball and the State of the Union and all of that. This is before uh, they had signed Reese. So, um, or was it? I'm not really sure. We talked about Around it. it. What he said, what he said was the young guy's got to step up. And he said, Chirio is supposed to be the guy. So... That's kind of the formula that I think they're taking is we have in-house options. They had room for Reese, and I'm glad they did that because he's going to stabilize the middle of the lineup, and he's a, a patient hitter who's – he might strike out a little bit, but he's going to walk too. He's going to hit some homers. I love him in that park. Hmm. You know, going from Philly, which is a great place to hit as well, and you kind of stay, and now you're in Milwaukee. Uh, I, I think he's going to really like just the atmosphere um, – of playing in Milwaukee. I think he's really going to thrive there. Uh, but this is this means something. And if they end up not trading Burns and and you know just offering the qualifying offer at the end of the year like I'm thinking a little bit differently about the Brewers because of this move. It, it seems to me like now they are kind of saying 
you know, you sign Jackson Churio to the deal, you bring in Hoskins. It, it it's points to the sign of, yeah, we, we still consider ourselves the best team in the NL central. We still think we can do this, um, which I don't know if I had that thought process earlier in the offseason. So this signing, I think, not only for me, but for the fan base, has got to give them like hope. Like, dude, twenty twenty four. Okay, we're still we're still doing it. We're not we're not doing a mini rebuild or a retool or something like that. So, I think it's a great signing. The opt out is, you know, you probably were going to get that with Reese. He wants to go in and reestablish himself in the market. If he has a good year, I think he's probably gone from Milwaukee. Um, so it's essentially you can bank on the one year seventeen or whatever. How however they split it up, I think it's. I think it's a really good move for Milwaukee. Yeah, I mean, they're looking for first-base production for a long time, kind of just rotating big men for the last couple seasons, traded for Santana. Uh, again, Reese can bang. The, where does he go in the, in the lineup? I mean, are they going to put him clean up? Was one thing I wondered. And then the other thing was defensively. Um, does this help or hurt the rest of that infield? At one point, the Brewers' infield was awesome. I think Reese graded out a little below average, but sometimes first base metrics are, I'd have to just ask people that watched Reese play at first because they, first base metrics, would were, were telling people uh, Rizzo was bad two years ago, and I watched him every day, and he was like saving errors nonstop on picking balls. So I guess let me know. See, is Reese a, a plus, or, um, or is this going to hurt the infield? You know, are the, are the shortstop and third base happy? Run prevention. That's what the Brewers specialize in. It's true. Yeah. You know? I, yeah. With the, with the first baseman, like the corner guys, it's all about kind of stopping the balls down the line. That's how you get the good uh, defensive metrics for you. Um, but really, you know, if I'm just speaking as a, a third baseman or a shortstop, like you just want a guy that can pick the ball a little bit, who is a decent sized target. And I think Reese. Reese can do both those things. Last year, the, hey. Bre- the Brewers slugged 389 from the first base position. Mm. That's not good from a thumping position. Yeah, this, this Fangraph's projected lineup is they have Freelick batting third, Hoskins batting fourth. I don't think that's how it's going to line up. Yeah, I think I think they're they're hoping that one of the lefties can break it up. You know, uh, Frelick was was Freelick was pretty solid for them, uh, but you wonder how much thump is going to be in his bat. But you know, Yelly's on base veteran Yelly has become like a pretty good leadoff guy. Uh, if you're a Contreras brother, you're just going to bang like that's what <laughs> you end up doing. Uh, and then Reeser's going to bang, and Adamas is going to like his numbers are going to land in a good area for like a shortstop. So, yeah, for me, uh, the next step is, like, who's going to be the guy? Like, Garrett Mitchell, uh, you know, he he had the pretty much season-ending injury. And it who who of the young guys is going to step up? Or is Chirillo, like, that dude? Like, he's projected for 17 homers and 25 swipes next year. Hasn't, hasn't played Major League Baseball. So, I don't know. I, I guess I've been... Doing the mental exercise of the NL Central, I think even brought that to to one of our offseason episodes. And, like, the Brewers have, if they've played a full season since 2017, they've won 86-plus games. Like, that deserves a little bit of respect. The counter to that is, and you'll love this, Trev, well, now Council's gone, uh, and, <laughs> and Stearns is gone. 
Wow. So if, if you believe in, you know, that shakeup throughout the organization, that's something you could say can worry you. Um, but this team has been the class of the NL Central with, like, zero hiccups. And I don't know. I Brewers lineup, we always do this conversation. Right now it looks sexier than it has. Um, really? Then it, for the I Brewers. Mean, yeah, Reese helps out, sure, but... I, who's the, who's like been looking the biggest for a free agent they've signed, like, as of late? Free agent? It? I think it's Reese. Is this it? 17? I mean, it's, that's that's a decent number, but... I mean, they've been I, taking I guess, flyers. I guess to your point, to your point, I go in every year skeptical of the Brewers. And, like, I, I know they're going to do it. I know they're going to, you know, they're going to win more games than they lose. But I just can't really wrap my head around how it's going to happen. We used to talk about their pitching and, okay, they got their pitching. They seem to hit a little bit, run prevention, blah, blah, blah. I look at this lineup and I look at the roster. I look at, you know, the back end of their rotation. I'm like, how are they going to do it? Like, I don't want I, – I, I said a 500 ball club. I think Reese helps that out. I think they're going to finish above 500. But it just seems like things have to go right for them all the time. And they end up – they do. And, and I, you do have to give credit to the front office for – you know, whatever system that they have, you know, finding guys and their projections are better than we see online. But I don't know, man. I, I'm i still skeptical, which is, I, I hate to say it, but I got to see it. And they're probably going to just say, yeah, Trev, you're an idiot. And here's a 91 win season. Yeah. I don't, I don't know where the sexy, sexy factor is coming in. It's a lot of, it's a lot of young guys that haven't done it yet. It's sexy compared to previous Brewers lineups, is what I was saying. I feel like every year you've been asking them to go get that reliable, especially specifically a righty power hitter, and Reese brings a lot of stability there. And if you believe in any combination of the kids being taking that step this year, you can get excited in a way we kind of haven't in a little bit. Like for what Chirio is projected to be in past Brewers lineups, we would have been like, can he hit third? And they yeah. have him hitting seventh. He might hit third. He might. Yelly, Yelly was adamant. He goes, people that are around the game, people that he trusted, this guy's the best player they've seen in a long time. He's 19 years old. He was mostly in AA last year, kind of crushed it. He played, you know, a week or so in AAA. I went and watched his swing. His swing is airtight, bro. Mm. Uh, very low, low front foot, which to me, I think that's like a, 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 a key of someone that can be consistent and a guy that's you know 19 about to turn 20 you don't see that too often um he's got pop goes you know can go oppo it's it's it looks awesome but we got to see it you know at the big league level but i i think when you give a guy that type of money before all the metrics suggest all the data suggests he's going to be a guy and he he passes the eye test too jake Mm, Say hi. Joey Weimer just before we move on. Mm, Joey Weimer. Jock Peterson. Boing. To Jake Snakes. Boing. What's the deal here? It's uh one year, twelve and a half mil. It's yeah. What did he originally sign with the uh no, it's a one-year, uh, nine and a half, but he has a a mutual option at fourteen for twenty-five, and the three million buyout is what brings it up to twelve and a half guaranteed. Okay, 
What did he sign with the Giants? I feel like it was it was less, and then he took the qualifying offer with them. Last year had a down year, according to the results, but a fine year, according to the metrics. Mm. Goes to the D-backs, where I believe I read that Mike Hazen, the general manager, has uh, said he's wanted a full-time DH for a while, and Peterson fits the bill. You like this for your snakes? I do. I mean, you just know what you're getting. Um, I I think Jock isn't going to play against lefties anymore. Um, you know that we kind of went through that time period where it was like, well, he's he's young, and the best way to get better against it is get reps. And the Dodgers kind of never let that fully happen. And in the same way, like he hasn't been great versus lefties. So hey, you got if there's a righty starting pitcher on the mound, which there's going to be for 125 games. Jock Peterson can be in the middle of your lineup. Um, and, you know, they the Snakes have some fun because we saw Gabriel Moreno last year. You know, he's a guy that against left-handed pitching, he's a one-dotter. Against right-handed, he's like a 700 OPS type guy. So you've got a fun little lineup dynamic here where, uh, you know, for how often we praise the Rays about putting their guys in positions to succeed, these are guys that you can put in positions to succeed. Like Jock Hey, man, DHing in itself, kind of like you said with the Hazen quote, it is a skill. Like, to to have to sit on the bench for three hours and you get four at-bats, like, some guys ain't going to be wired that way. So, Jock, who's got experience doing it, um, you know, pretty plug-and-play for more than three-quarter of your games, something like that. Um, and if it's a righty, hey, you got to see Corbin Carroll, Cattell Marte, Jock, Christian Walker, like that's the start of a lineup. Uh, if you're a lefty, Cattell being the switch there, and then Christian Walker is the righty and Gabriel Moreno. Yeah, the the Snakes have put together, you know, everyone thought they were going to lose Lourdes Gurriel. He comes back. They've added Jock, uh, and they added Erod. So, like, with the- Eugenio. Eugenio Suarez. So, like, yes. coming off of a World Series, like, this has been a nice little offseason for the Snakies. This is how I know you don't know sexy, bro. Okay. This is a sexy lineup right here. Well, this is a like, World this, Series team. We're talking about comparing this it to is the a, Brewers. But, like, that was, I don't, was that a fluke, Ron? What the freak was that? Okay. Man? Are we ready to talk about that yet? No, this is a, I love this lineup. I really do. And I was, you know, all these quotes about, oh, Snakes. Need a, a left-handed bat. And I'm like, well, were they really bad at hitting right-handed pitching last year? They were better against right-handed pitching. 737 OPS against right, 711 versus uh, lefties. Um, but obviously, the vast majority of starting pitchers you know, around the league, especially in the NL West, um, are right-handed. Jock is one of those guys that could carry this team for a couple weeks. Very streaky type guy. He can hit, you know, you know, seven homers in a week if he gets right. So I I think this is great. Um, you know, the the one year um with the mutual option is always good for, you know, the team and the player really. Um so this is I was pretty excited about this one. I I, I didn't really know exactly where he was going to land. Um but thinking about him in this lineup, there's just a lot of like fun players. Still some question marks, I guess. Um, like is Gabriel Moreno gonna be the guy that he was like in the postseason? Like he's a young dude. Like you expect him to, you know, get better. I want to see what kind of year he's gonna have. But I think bringing in Jock, you you kind of know what you're going to get. And when you have 
some young guys. And I, I, I don't know. The more I look at this lineup, the more I'm thinking it's going to be what it is. I don't think there's a lot of like um, up and down here. I think they're going to be pretty consistent. They have like enough uh, righties, enough lefties, uh, speed, power. Like it all kind of plays together. Like it's a well formed lineup. And I'll tell you who I'm very excited about. I think Alec Thomas is going to have a great year this year. I just like this guy. When I watch him play, I'm like, this guy is going to do something. I think I predicted he was going to hit a homer at some point last postseason. Didn't happen. But I like watching him play. And he's probably the last guy you'd think about in that lineup. And I think he's a pretty dang good player. So go Snakes. I'm working on a little algorithm right here. Jim? Trying to butter knife some stats for Jock. The only thing I'm missing is slugging percentage because I got to get the actual like calculator out. Right. What do you got? Well, he just he was like a part time player a lot last year, and I was trying to look at in games where he had three at bats or more, did he perform better? In games where he had three at bats or more, he had holy shit the same exact on base percentage. Well, that's crazy. But a worse batting average. But I'm guessing the slugging was higher because he only had one home run and he played like uh, a lot of games where he only got one at bat, you know, pinch hitting, or he got two. He had um, 25 games where he only had two or less at bats. And in those, he only had one home run. So I was guessing that his slugging and his output was better when he was starting and playing full games. Because I saw his game log and I was like, that's a lot to just like be a part-time player and just go get an at bat. That'll drag your stats down. Probably could have done the splits as a starter versus as a sub. But I, the slugging calculator is too much work. I bow, I bow out. I just had a thought because Jock posted a, a, a picture. He has a cyber truck. Mm. And then I had a, he just got one. And I thought about Jake driving mm. a cyber truck. It's a great image for me. I've got a little Jakey Jock Peterson butter knife, uh, and you can think of me in the Cybertruck. While I tell you about Nutrafol, because they're who's bringing you Jakey's Jock fun fact, um, 80% of men will experience hair thinning in their lifetime. Hello. I look at I look at some of my picks. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement brand with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less Shedding. So, what you need to do, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter promo code TALKBASE. Sure. Find out why 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L dot com slash men. Enter promo code TALKBASE. There's a link in the description you know, grow out your hair pretty, get a good haircut. We're giving you everything at Talking Baseball. Uh, my Jock Peterson one ended the year on an 0 for 17. That mm, chops your hungry. stats down. He was a seven. Hungry. He was a 790 OPS. He finished the year at 764. So he mm. was just sad boying with the Giants. They were dead. <laughs> uh, so Jocks, remember when Jock had the whole city of Atlanta wearing pearl necklaces? It was awesome. He's something, bro. He's something. He's something. He's something. Something, something, something. This lineup is sexy. I'm interested in the Nerys deal, unless you guys want to go somewhere Ooh. else. I'm trying to read Rosenthal's 
article about like why he was so, why it's so low. I know yes, he wasn't. We I, talked about that before the show. I know he wasn't closing in uh, with Houston and like they use saves as a number. But I thought you look at some of the the other like the dude. I know he's older. Stevenson. Stevenson and the guy from um, Cuba. Rodriguez. Yes. We just did. Rodriguez. They got like, what did they get? They got more than this. They both, they I both think, got 32. Three, three and four years respectively. Now, Naris can earn up to $23 million of this $9 million deal, which is a ton of incentives. Uh, and as Velo's down, he's old, but like, I don't know. I thought he was going to get more. It was his agent's. You seem like Boris. So he gets the the options are interesting. Gets nine mil, and then there's an option for twenty five that becomes his own if he pitches in sixty games, which mm. is interesting. Which that's yeah. Good. I, go ahead, Jake. That's basically a full relief season, right? Like he threw seventy one last year. That's on the high end. So you know if if he is good for them next year and healthy throughout, he'll beat that and he'll he'll get that option, but. Yeah, I think eight. I think he got hurt by age and the predicting stats because like his FIP wasn't great last year, and relievers can be a little volatile. But yeah, that's a. I, I was a little surprised. I think everyone thought at least two years would be like a lock. Yeah, he's gonna be in the bullpen, fifth inning, just mm. doing jumping checks. I'm ready, coach. I'm ready. Yeah, put me in. <laughs> I feel good today. How's your arm feeling? Great. Get those April appearances it. up. Get like a 13 <clears throat> appearance April. Got more pain offs. He's fine. Just popping some pain offs. Yeah. I'm good, coach. Don't feel a thing. Meanwhile, D Rob, five years older than theirs, goes to the Rangers. Yeah, obviously, because this is the best signing every offseason is David Robertson on a one year deal. 11 and a half mil. Where he's, yeah, he's going to go out. Guess, and who, just, his, guess who his agent is? Boris. Well, himself, but we've heard that. Oh, I didn't know that. At least at one point it was himself. Maybe it, maybe he went back to having an agent. It's still himself, but I've heard there's a technically. <laughs> Interesting. Does he give money away for the technically? I think he pockets it. Oh, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. You know I love Dave Robertson. Just, I mean, this, the stats are what they are. I know, I know it wasn't great. Uh, with Miami um, in the closer role, but he you know, once he moved out of that, got better. Like, he's just a guy, his body's good, throws a good pitch. Like, he's going to be a good reliever. He doesn't have to be a closer. Like, he's go- he can he can still give you high leverage innings. And that Rangers bullpen is still very, I would say, considered unsettled at the least. Like, LeClerc is a guy. I think he's actually a really good piece he showed up in the postseason last year um but that was something that they definitely had to go get uh in the offseason i think this is a perfect deal for them i love it man i got a fun game yeah you like games oh yeah. yeah might be the big you're one of the biggest game likers in the world i like games. That's true. matt moore one year nine mil hector naris one year nine mil d rob one year 11 and a half Araldus Chapman, one year, ten and a half. <laughs> what do you? What would you want? <laughs> Which one of those guys? Yeah, I think the money comes down to saves. I think you guys are right. Like D Rob got some saves, and I guess that adds to it. I don't know. Which one would I rather have? And what am I? What kind of team am I? Do I need a 
back of the end? Do I have a decent closer already? Like that that matters here. It, be- it does become interesting because I, you know, Matt Moore's numbers are great, but I don't know. It's it is expectation. Like who? Naris? I'm taking D Rob. I'm taking D Rob. I feel like it's yeah, like old reliable. Does everything. Yeah, he was really good before the trade deadline. I think he had like a two ERA. I and think he was some and he reliever had, uh, ERA funny business in Miami where it's just like stumbled at the beginning and I and I think figured some stuff out outside the closer role. Yeah, he was getting save opportunities yes. the first half of the year. Um Yeah, in Miami his first in his second outing he went three earned runs. No, it looks like he had enough he had a real rough August. Yeah, he had a real rough August in Miami. Yeah, bat horrible August. Yes, and they still made the playoffs. I kind of forget they made the playoffs, but I obviously didn't forget they made the playoffs. But. Well, that's because they made the spring training playoffs. Oh, practice playoffs. Yeah, that's yeah. that's not nice. Playing baseball, it's not nice. Any other big yeah, I agree. Oh, Nationals? Joey nice. Gallo, New Joey uniform. Gallo to the Nationals. Yeah. Them. People are real mad they're getting rid of the cherry blossoms after this year, which I kind of am too. Those are beautiful uniforms. Like, why don't you just keep those? Your new ones, block yeah. lettering needs to get out of baseball. Yankees have it fine. Never Tough weekend for Nats uni news. Why? Yeah. I think they're, they'll get a new city connect after. I like this the year. V neck. I like the V neck. I'm, I'm down with that uniform. I don't like their new, just like, uh, Wait, this V-neck, this white V-neck with the... I dig it. It's different. That doesn't look like an actual uniform. That's an MLB uniform, or is that like a spring training alternative thing? No, that's an MLB uniform. Oh, I don't like that. But, I, you know, I'm a boring old person, so don't judge my opinion. I... I like... People don't like Oh, it looks better on. It it looks like a basketball warm-up pullover thing that you wear, like, over your basketball jersey. You looking at those two roped up guys wearing it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it looked better on them than on the hanger, but it still to me doesn't look like game time. Oh, that's Stone Garrett. He is ripped up. Doesn't yeah. look like a He's game time j- jersey to me. I see what you're Sometimes saying. Sometimes without the buttons, it's nice. To play in a jersey without buttons, it feels good. So I'm Oh, is that yeah. why it looks odd to me? There's no buttons. Yeah. How this- many teams have buttonless jerseys? It's more of like an old school thing. The twins had like the old school powder style. blues, that, you know, that didn't have it. That like V-neck kind of look. Interesting. I was going to say, this jersey reminds me of like Hank Aaron. Like I feel like I watch his Braves yeah. highlights yeah. and that's what he's wearing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Who needs buttons? I feel like the Pirates maybe have or recently had a set that were buttonless. But... Know what you might need though? Mando. Mm. Uh, pay attention. People, especially, you know what? I'm going to be real. You know, we there's a lot of young males who listen to this program. Take a sniff of yourself. You might stink. Because, uh, you know, that's a tough time for a lot of guys. You're figuring out what's going on with the pits. Do I need to lube up twice a day down there? Why don't you try Mando? Do you want to smell like a zero? That's how they open <laughs> up. No. You shouldn't want that. Okay. Um, man, men who shower with soap alone had an armpit odor score of eight out of 10 after 12 hours. That's called big odor. Here comes 
Mando. Uh, wow, proven to control odor for 72 hours. So this could be, Jeez. if you're someone who's struggling to get through the day, this might be for you. And new customers get $5 off a starter pack with their exclu- our exclusive code and link. Code TALKING at shopmando.com. Uh, I, I put this on last Friday. Uh, and no, and I didn't smell bad. So that's my personal endorsement. Um, and again, for our listeners, if you use code talk and you get $5 off the Mando starter pack at shopmando.com. Code talk and click the link in the description. Uh, if you use deodorant or if you're needing to use deodorant, go check them out. Uh, and I think it comes with some wipes. Oh, yeah. Joe's took my deodorant wipes very confidently. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trev, you're raising your hand. Uh, is, I, 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 I didn't get a Santa Mando package, but is this deodorant or is it soap or is it both or is it a line? There's deodorant. A lot of stuff. Deodorant, okay. lotions, wipes. Great. They've yeah. got you covered on the on the. You need all that stuff. scent front. Yes. Okay. All right. A little recap of uh, guys that are unless there's anything we anyone we miss, but guys that are still out there because a lot of things tumbled. Nice. What? Oh, there's, uh, according to Fangraph's projections, which have been accurate enough, there are only one, two, three, four, five players remaining that are projected to sign more than a two-year deal. Uh, that's Jorge Soler. They have him three years, um, 16 mil a year. Matt Chapman, Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, and Bellinger. So the Boris Four and Jorge Soler are that we're supposed to get more than two years. Guys that they said might get two years. You got Clevenger, Lorenzen, Michael A. Taylor, Whit Merrifield, Ahmed Rosario, Clayton Kershaw, Brandon Belt, J.D. Martinez, Duvall, Pham, Gary Sanchez, Carlos Santana, Justin Turner, Zach Granke, Brandon Crawford, Ryu. I'm down to one year. Yeah. Donaldson, Grandall, Crone, Anderson, Pollock, Odorizzi. That's kind of what's left. So it actually, a lot of did stuff did clear. Uh, it is the Boris Four, really, and Solaire that are out there. JD Martinez, yeah, this so is mad at Shohei. Yeah, well, and Jock. Yeah, yeah. Dalton really wanted JD to go to the Snakes. I don't think it's happening now, because not many teams want a full time DH. So there's mm-hmm. oh, there's only thirty teams. Then you got to take away. Teams that have full-time DHs. And then you got to take away teams that don't want full-time DHs. I wouldn't mind the Twins taking a stab at J.D. Martinez. Byron Buxton says he's playing center field this year. How many games? I don't know, but he's a guy that could fit. They got to trade some people. Yeah, because you also got to be in contention. If you're not in contention, if you're not really like, this is a win year. Hmm. I don't think you're you on full time. You, you could trade. You could trade him at the deadline. Yeah, if that's your strategy, that would be one a good year one. guy. I'm just. It's a tough gig yeah. right now. If you're not already, I don't. There's. I'm sure there's teams yeah. out there. I think JD Martinez is going to be an injury, uh, signee. Like spring camp, training. Something yeah, happens. camp starts. Spring training. First week of spring. I, I believe that's also what Boris is doing right now with his guys. You know, you saw. Graveman go to the IL and Houston quickly went and got Hader. And I think, yeah. you know, you're at that point right now where some agents are like, hey, let's just wait it out. Something might happen. Uh, things might change. And needs might get, you know, 
dire, and then we'll strike. Okay. Angel's going to get one of these pitchers. Probably trying. You watch an Angels game, who's sitting behind home plate every game. Not Nesbolello anymore. Mm. Boris. Yes, Scotty hmm. B. King. He's at every game. I feel like he's at Angels and Dodger games at the same time. Maybe it may be a body double. He probably can afford it. Put those rumors out there. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> Was Rendon a Boris agent? Was... I think I he's think had some so. great quotes this offseason. He's killed. Well, Rendon he's, was Boris, right? <laughs> how many of the how many Angels free agents? How many Angels signings have been Boris agents? <laughs> Boris sneak. Believe Rendon is Boris. Yes, running the halos. Scott Boris endorses Art Moreno to remain owner. Yeah, he fucking signs <laughs> all your guys, dude. <laughs> Good endorsement. Can I get? <laughs> I want to give a quick uh, before we end here. I want to give a quick. Uh, Teddy Plouffe, okay, Twins oh. Fest, uh, very cerebral take that he had. Wow. He's eight years old. We go to this party. You know, we're hanging around. It's a bunch of, you know, uh, players on the team, coaches, you know, front office types. So, you know, very familiar with me. And a lot of them saw Teddy when he was a baby in Minnesota. He was born in Minnesota. And so, like, you know, Everyone's coming up and talking to him, and he's an eight-year-old. Like that's hard for an eight-year-old to like, you know, yeah. answer questions and stuff like that. But he did a really good job with it. It was patient and 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 polite and all these things. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, hey man, like, what'd you what'd you think of today? He goes, Dad. He goes, everybody asked me the same questions, just with different words. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, welcome to life, bro. Like yeah. that's life. Yeah. Great perspective right there. <laughs> he did a good job with Dang. it, but I thought it was funny. Um, man, so true. That That's is so true. true. <laughs> One thing of note that I'm looking at, because I was trying to look up Boris agents, uh, Paxton's a Boris guy and uh, did a deal with the Dodgers. They usually do not work together. Hmm. Okay. He also that's, got that's a... Boris, also Gallo, Hoskins, Moore. So, so it looks like Boris was like, hey, Let's clean up all these smaller ones if, if the top four are stuck. You want movement? I'll go move it. <laughs> Someone tell me all the all the free agents that the Angels have signed that are Boris guys. Oh, we're getting to conspiracy theories now. No, 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 like no. I'm this. not I'm not I'm not I think that's I'm not, conspiracy. Oh, I'm just doing that. Oh, I'm doing guys. That. oh, okay. I'm just want I'm just interested to know. Because if it's a lot, then I guarantee then I would bet. Big money, the Angels are going to get Monty or Snell. I'm but watching the not. show Suits right now, so I got all these, like, you know, mm. backdoor, you know, deals, like what's going on behind the scenes. You know, yeah. I'm thinking Boris and Artie Moreno are just in cahoots, but. I mean, I, I think one of them is in cahoots. I think the other one doesn't realize it. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. What's, what's that being? What's that called? Cahoot? Yeah. A coup. Thank you. <laughs> Boris owns the Angels. <laughs> and that's the episode. That's the episode. Thanks, guys. See you later. Max Kepler's so freaking hot. Subscribe. Bentley's not number one. It doesn't make my list null and void if I don't have Max Kepler number one.
featured Yankee. Dun, dun, dun. 